Folks, we're sponsored today by Donors Trust, the tax-friendly way to preserve your charitable giving. In times of crisis, those with a giving spirit and a desire to build up civil society find ways to be helpful. And that's when it's good to have a charitable resource ready to deploy when they're needed most. Donors Trust offers donor-advised funds or giving accounts. You can use these funds as your own charitable investment account and manage your charitable giving in a way that's smart, tax-advantaged, aligned with your values, and private. Donors Trust clients are using their funds to support charities helping their local communities while also using their giving account to simultaneously support think tanks and liberty-minded organizations that believe our constitutional rights shouldn't get lost in a time of emergency. Now is the time to take a closer look at Donors Trust and join their community of liberty-minded donors by opening a donor-advised fund. Go to DonorsTrust.org slash JustNews for the ultimate survival guide to charitable giving and learn how a donor advised fund can preserve your ability to give to the charities you love. That's DonorsTrust.org slash Just News. Hello, America, and happy Monday. What a busy day already. The week has started off with a bang. Some breaking news just happened just before we got on air here. The Supreme Court has agreed to hear the Job Creators Network challenge to Joe Biden's student loan cancellation program. This is very important. Why? Because with this ruling, the justices have also issued a stay, meaning Joe Biden cannot try to enact this program, cannot pay anyone else's student loans off until after the legal issues are resolved in this case. That is a big, big deal. That just broke on Just the News a little bit ago. You can check out the breaking headlines. There are a lot of people talking about that. And I think you're going to see this case combined with an earlier student loan cancellation challenge become the second major ruling in a year by the Supreme Court on where the authorities of an executive stop. If Congress doesn't approve a program, if it doesn't give authority, a president can't make up the authority. That is the argument in this case. It was the argument that was at the heart of the West Virginia versus EPA case where EPA created an entire anti-coal program without Congress's blessing. Here again, there's no evidence that Congress ever gave a president authority to cancel student loans. If it prevails, it will further uh, reign in Joe Biden's efforts to rule by executive fiat instead of working with Congress to pass laws that he can then implement. That is what's at stake here. A major, major development today. Job Creators Network is on this podcast often. We're going to try to get them on tomorrow to describe this and talk about this major development and what comes from it. What are their arguments? Where do they go next? A lot of breaking news in that. Now, we've got two great guests today I'm very excited about. First up, there is a lawsuit filed in Arizona challenging the election results, specifically by Attorney General nominee, Republican Attorney General nominee Abe Hamaday. He is only 500 votes behind in the current vote, but he has identified hundreds, if not thousands of votes that haven't been counted or have been improperly counted, has a real chance to begin challenging and forcing a court to look at some of these issues. We're going to talk to Abe at the top of the show. He's got a pretty significant case. And a lot of people think of, by the way, this is the closest statewide race in the history of Arizona, 500 votes statewide with all the issues that occurred in Maricopa County and some of the other counties. A lot of people think that it's this case that's going to get 
the attention of the courts and that it could slow things down for a period of time. We're going to ask Abe Hamaday how he intends to pursue this case. And also, is he asking the courts to prevent an attorney general from being seated until these issues are resolved? Those are some of the things. He's a lawyer. He is a very thoughtful litigator in his career. We're going to get a firsthand update from him. And then we're going to bring in my good friend, the man who started it all with Hunter Biden, Peter Schweitzer at the Government Accountability Institute, the great author, the great investigative reporter. A lot has been going on. We've been having all these congressmen come on, Jim Jordan and James Comer, talking about all the different ways that the new House Republicans are going to investigate the Biden scandals. We thought we'd take you back to the guy whose original book brought this to light, gave light to the original deals that I did my reporting on, on Ukraine and China. And then, of course, it's grown from there. The laptop eventually came out. But Peter Schweitzer is going to give us his thoughts on what should Republicans focus on? What should they not get distracted by? What are the key issues that will make this investigation meaningful to the American people, meaningful to the voters, meaningful to the future discussion about integrity in America. That is something that we're really trying to get people to focus on. And I think that that's going to be a good discussion in the second half of the show with our good friend, Peter Schweitzer. Now, before we turn to the commercials, we're going to hear from our advertisers, some very important other news going on. A few minutes ago, Congressman Jim Banks, the former chairman of the Republican Study Committee in the House, he announced that he is considering running for the United States Senate from Indiana. Why is that? Because the incumbent, Senator Mike Braun, who's been on this podcast many times, he's running for governor of Indiana. So he wants to become governor. And Jim Banks is thinking of running to succeed him in the Senate. That news broke just a little bit ago. A lot of people are going to be talking about that. That's going to be one of the marquee races in the next couple of years to keep an eye on. Also, as we look in the breaking news category, another area that I think needs to be looked at the RNC race, the chairwoman's race. We know Ronna McDaniel's been there since 2017. She lost the House in 2018. She lost the Senate in 2020 and the presidency. They underperformed, Republicans did in the 2022 race, and they lost badly in the Georgia Senate runoff. Harmeet Dillon, a conservative lawyer from the West Coast, is running to challenge her. She's beginning to pick up some endorsements, including in Texas and Arizona. A lot going on there. We're going to keep an eye on that race. Some good reporting has been done on that already by my colleague Nick Ballacy and more to be coming in the next few days. So let's keep an eye on that as well. And in the hypocrisy category, because, well, we do have a little bit of that in Washington, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg. He's a guy that says he's a green champion of energy, green energy. Well, he was taking taxpayer-funded private jets. So much for the carbon footprint. That story is getting a lot of attention on Just the News as well, as is another story that my colleague Madeline Hubbard did. It's a tremendous story. She took a look at a new report that found that there are 71% fewer criminal aliens being removed from the country. These are illegal aliens that have committed crimes on U.S. soil or are previous criminals who then snuck into the country. Normally, the there's been bipartisan agreement. Those are, no matter who gets in the country, those are the ones who should definitely be taken out. But there's been a steady, steady decline. In fact, I think the report that she found called it an acute decline 
in the removal of criminal aliens from the United States under Joe Biden when compared to Donald Trump. And that's pretty significant because Joe Biden has let a lot more across the border. Almost 4 million are believed to have crossed into the country in the first two years of this presidency. So really important data points. Madeline Hubbard did a nice job today. 71% fewer criminal aliens being removed from the country compared to Donald Trump under Joe Biden. That story also is getting a lot of attention. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, our exclusive interview with Abe Hamaday, the Arizona Attorney General, Republican nominee. He's got the major lawsuit challenging the election results in Arizona. We're going to hear from him first on what's at stake, what's going on, why did he file it, and where does this likely end up right after this commercial break. Folks, Field of Greens is the healthiest thing I do every day, and I want you on this journey with me. Why? It's literally one scoop a day. It tastes great. I love the fruit flavors particularly, and it's completely improved my life and my health. This is nutrition the way nature intended. When I began taking a hard look at why I wasn't feeling good and why I felt unhealthy, why I was gaining weight, why I was losing energy, it wasn't just because I had hit my 50s. No, it was because I wasn't getting the right amount of fruit and vegetables in my diet. And listen, it's, I'm just too busy to go to the store, clean up the vegetables, cook uh, uh, vegetable dinners, and make sure I hit the fruit. A field of greens stepped in. One scoop of powder in my drink or on my eggs in the morning, and boom, I was off and feeling better. And suddenly, I was losing weight. I was sleeping better. My metabolism went up. My blood sugar went down. My cholesterol went down, and my weight went down. And my doctor said, hey, whatever you're doing, keep it doing. You know what that is? It's Field of Greens. That's what I've been doing. Field of Greens is radically different. Each organic fruit and vegetable was medically chosen to support heart and vital organ health. I trust Field of Greens to keep me healthy. I promise you, you're going to love this product. But if for any reason you don't, they'll give you your 100% money back guarantee. Now, you're going to get 15% off your first order plus free rush shipping because of the incredible partnership we have here at Just the News with Brick house nutrition and of course field of greens all you got to do to take advantage of this offer visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code just news that's promo code just news at fieldofgreens.com don't wait go to fieldofgreens.com today use the promo code just news for 15 percent off folks if you owe back taxes fair warning you're not going to like this the irs is mailing millions of pay up letters millions i say then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS. They know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. 
All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial bank. As I promised, we're going to take a detour to Arizona where some of the most important litigation involving election integrity is underway. Our next guest, the Republican nominee for attorney general in Arizona, he has one of the seminal lawsuits challenging the results of the election. And he joins us right now, Abe Hamaday. Abe, great to have you back on the show. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me on, John. You filed a very important lawsuit last week after the results are certified. Tell us the status of that and what it asks. Absolutely. So to give your listeners a, a backroom uh, idea of what's happening. So this my race is the closest race in Arizona state history. This is 511 votes that we are supposedly under. And, you know, anything could happen. There's a recount that's ongoing, but we're trying to put a, a pause to that right now. We filed our lawsuit last week on Friday. And right now, what we're hoping, what my lawsuit alleges is that, I mean, everybody knows what we witnessed in Maricopa County was unacceptable and indefensible. When you had so many, 30% of the printers malfunctioning, the lines were out the door. There was no parking spaces available for people to try to come vote. So they had to park blocks and blocks away. And for the gall of the county not to extend voting hours is absolutely shocking. Um, so what our lawsuit is alleging is that there is at least 270 people who checked in to a voting center, but did not cast a ballot there because they didn't trust that you know little box three uh, fiasco. So they went and grabbed their mail-in ballots and dropped it off. And that's really important to know because we were winning Maricopa County on election day, uh, 75% to 25%. And so those those ballots would be in our favor. So we're, we're trying to get the judge to include those ballots. And then we're also trying to get the judge to include, uh, to start to allow the voters whose voting was suppressed to be able to, to be able to vote now and be included because they were disenfranchised. Everybody you know, has seen it. And our lawsuit, it's, it's tough and it's, it's very valid. And John, there's, there's still a lot of uncounted ballots that have been set aside due to registration issues or signature issues. And, you know, so we're going to be taking a look at those to see what we can do to include them in the final tally. But I'm feeling, you know, optimistic. I'm, I'm praying. And I think right now it's uh, we've got a legitimate shot and you know, I know you know for sure, John, if you remember Norm Coleman versus Al Franken back in. Of course. I mean, that took months. And that was a lot of litigation because they were looking at undervotes, overvotes. And it's basically coming down to the same situation. And if you remember that Norm Coleman went into the recount ahead and Al Franken ultimately, quote unquote, won that race by a few hundred votes. And, um, you know, a lot of it was due to the litigation efforts. So we're, we're making sure that every legal vote is counted and every leg, illegal vote is tossed out. Yeah, pretty remarkable. The scope of the problems in Maricopa County, right? 30% of the polling sites probably had a problem. 6% of the total election day ballots were almost certainly impacted. How does in the 21st century, with all the technology, all the capabilities, how do we have that bad a record in a, you know, a very modern part of the country? I don't know. And it, it's really unusual. And I don't like to speculate. You know, I'm a former prosecutor, but it, it seems, you know, it seems almost deliberate what happened. And I think there, it warrants an investigation, certainly, because if they supposedly had the, the printers tested the night before and everything was fine, but suddenly, right when polls open at 6 a.m., right, right as soon as polls open at 6 a.m., 
it was mired with problems. And even the Board of Supervisors, they came in, did a press release at 8 a.m. And, you know, I know there's definitely, there's, there's a lot of affidavits out there and sworn statements where people said their printers, some of them were not even working for 45 minutes. And then to have the Maricopa County take a position to tell the judge not to extend voting hours is just mind boggling. I mean, extending voting hours is an imperfect remedy to this solution, but it's reasonable, right? I mean, if you were to extend it a few hours, because it took them up until the afternoon to resolve this issue, but if they were able to extend it a few hours, you know, it would have been imperfect, but everybody sees it would have been a reasonable attempt to mitigate some of the damage of what happened. And, you know, unfortunately, the judge didn't do that, and I think he has to live with that consequence. But, you know, we're, we're taking this into the, into the court battle right here, John, because the 511 votes, you know, out of 2.5 million, and with all the discrepancies and all of the issues that the voters face, I, I do think there is a legitimate shot at this right now, John. And Arizona cannot have an entire executive leadership be all Democrats, you know, with the attorney general's position is so crucial, and important that it could put a stop to some of this madness. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to fight this all the way because Arizonans deserve this. And, you know, they, they need somebody to come in and clean it up. And they didn't deserve to happen what happened on Election Day. That was unacceptable. And everybody should be ashamed of that. You said something profound when you filed your lawsuit. You said, I'm not desperate to be a politician. I'm desperate to solve our country's lack of confidence in elections. This is much bigger than just you winning the race in your fight, right? Absolutely, John. What I worry, actually, is that this will cause so much ramification for future elections in Arizona that so many people are just going to say, you know what, it's corrupt, it's rigged, why do I need a vote? And imagine if just 1% of Republicans think that way. That would be 50,000 votes, right? So that, that is what's at stake right here, and that's exactly why I'm fighting. It's, it's not about my win, it's about Arizonans' win. And, you know, can you imagine for a moment that these board of supervisors who, 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 who managed and administered this, this election if there's no consequences for incompetence, what is the remedy for a future situation like this? Is it just going to be, you know what, this is what happens? No, no I, think, I think the mood of the country, in Arizona particularly, after what we witnessed in 2020 and so many people dismissing of what happened there, now that it happened again, you know, it actually gives so much more uh, validity to any person, even, and especially even conspiracy theorists. So, I think the courts recognize what's at stake right now. Yeah. And your lawsuit really points out the level of incompetence. You have situations where people were inaccurately marked as having voted when they hadn't. So that kept them from casting ballots. You've got signatures that clearly don't match on the envelope, but those were counted. You've got some faintly marked ballots counted as undervotes when they're discernible what's going on. This was a system that didn't have one failure, one type of failure. It wasn't just the printers. It's as though the whole system was infected with sort of a lack of capability that I don't think I've seen in any other election center in America. These are real serious issues that really erode people's confidence, isn't it? Absolutely. And, you know, in Arizona, we have three ways to vote, much like many other states. We have mail-in ballots, we have early in-person, and we have election day. And just imagine for one moment, John, that imagine if election officials are so incompetent that they neglected to mail mail-in ballots 27 days prior to election, which is required under law. Say they mailed it 23 days, okay? 
prior to an election. Do you think the media and the Democrats would tolerate that? You know, and they say, and, and everybody else gaslighting them and telling them, well, you still have 23 days to vote. No, I, everybody would recognize that is a voter suppression right there. You have just suppressed the voters for days. So it's something that, you know, I, I don't like how we just easily dismiss what happens on election day as saying, well, you took that chance to vote on election day. I want everybody, no matter how they vote or no matter how they choose to vote, to be able to vote and have confidence that it's going to be run confidently. I mean, if you look on election day, so many senior citizens were in line and they had to leave because of their medication. So many disabled people couldn't stand there for that long. I mean, these lines, John, were very serious at some locations where it was hours and hours. And I even know of uh, personally of people who waited two hours until they got to the door. And that person then told them, if you want your vote to count, go to another voting center. So now they had to leave and go to another place. So the, the voter suppression and disenfranchisement is very real and it's unacceptable. Yeah, no, it really is a problem. So the steps here. So first it starts with the judge and then it will work its way up. Where do you think this ultimately gets resolved? So we filed our case, John, in Mojave County. Uh, it's not Maricopa. So this is a statewide election contest. Mojave County. I wanted to take it out of Maricopa County. I think there's too much tension in Maricopa and there's a lot of eyes on right now. So I wanted to put it into a neutral judge away from Maricopa. So we're going to we have a status conference on Friday, this Friday to set dates. And, you know, statutorily, we will have about 10 days to conduct a trial if it's accepted and all that. So this, to be quite realistic, I mean, you knew the you know, the Al Franken, Norm Coleman race went all the way until June of, of the following year. I'm not sure how long this will take for your listeners. Um, I do know that the, in Arizona, there's precedent for what happens, say, come inauguration, like who, who gets seated. Well, in 1916, in the governor's race back then, the, the Democrat was awarded as he was the winner by 30 votes out of 55,000. And uh, if you can imagine, my, my vote margin is actually closer than that based off totals. But he was, the Democrat won that race after the election day. But after the litigation came through, Nearly a year later, the results were overturned. So then the Republican took over. So the other person had to uh, get removed from office. And then just as recently in 1992 in Arizona, we used to have runoff elections if you weren't able to capture 50 percent of the vote. And in that case, what the courts decided to do was allow the incumbent to remain on until that runoff was conducted. So I, I'm not sure what the courts will ultimately do, but, you know, we're going to fight that nobody is seated until we have a legitimate election winner. Yeah, such an important legal battle. All the eyes of the country, not just all the eyes of Arizona, but all the eyes of the country are looking at this case, Abe. It's going to be an important one. We'll keep close in touch with you and be watching it every step of the way. Thank you so much, John. I really appreciate it. Good to have you on. Thanks for the update today. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. When we come back, Peter Schweitzer to bring us up to speed on all things Hunter Biden, the Hunter Biden scandals, the Joe Biden scandals, a lot going on there. Also, remember, we've got the holiday gift guide, John Solomon's holiday gift guide, incredible offers from our sponsors, from our advertisers, from our partners. All you got to do to check it out, it's on the homepage and click on it there, or you can go to justthenews.com slash offers, get all sorts of Christmas specials for the end of your holiday shopping spree. A lot of great ideas from all of the great sponsors that we have. Some of my favorite, the heat holder socks, 
Oh my gosh, I just was up at the cabin on Saturday. It was so cold up there. I had my heat holders hat and socks on all day. And then you know what I did at night? I'll tell you what I did. I threw on some of my favorite loungewear from Tommy John. That's right. I was warm all season long. And then I went online and picked up a great gift from my brother from Man Crates. Some of the best holiday gifts for men, and they're delivered in crates or ammo cans and other unforgettable packages. So the experience of opening it is almost as cool as the gift yourself. And of course, get a Patriot Supply while you're at it. My Patriot Supply has the emergency food offer, some of the best in the country. Do that and then throw in an AMAC membership for yourself because it's a gift that will give all year long some of the great gifts in that holiday gift guide. And then if you're hungry, because after all that shopping, you're almost certainly hungry, why don't you buy some Omaha steaks, $30 off your order right now on a special offer just for Just the News fans. So a lot of great gifts here and there on the gift guide. Uh, Second Amendment silver coin collectible. That's pretty cool. And of course, cozy earth sheets and bedding. Some of my favorite. My wife loves the set we have on our king bed in our master bedroom. So a lot of great gifts. All you got to do is go to justthenews.com slash offers or go to the Just the News homepage and click on John Solomon's Christmas gift guide at the top. A lot of great stuff going on there. All right, we'll be back with Peter Schweitzer right after these messages. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, You can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text JUSTNEWS to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group. Text Just News to 989898 right now. Hey folks, it's John Solomon here. Today, I want to shine a light on AMAC, an organization who's dedicated to America's seniors, but is vital for conservatives of all ages. AMAC stands out by not only advocating for senior issues, but also by pushing for conservative values that affect us all. By joining, you're not just supporting our senior citizens, you're part of a movement defending the freedoms that made this country great and to ensure that we secure our nation's future. Plus, membership brings you exclusive benefits like discounts on travel, dining, and entertainment, and of course, special insurance rates, one of the things I like. Regardless of your age, if you're driven to preserve freedom, AMAC welcomes you. This is about uniting youthful vigor with the wisdom of experience and our quest to keep this country great. Sign up now for amac.us slash justnews. And for a limited time, you get a free gift membership for someone else who shares your love for our great nation. Don't miss out on this chance to make a difference from AMAC. Join today at amac.us slash justnews. That's amac.us slash justnews. And extend the invitation to a friend or family member for free. What a great opportunity. 
All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. So excited to have this next guest on. He is one of the greatest investigative journalists of all time, one of the greatest authors of all time. If you haven't read his latest book, Red Handed, You Are Missing Out, it tells a story of how American leaks get rich, helping China win against America. It is none other than our good friend Peter Schweitzer from the Government Accountability Institute. Peter, welcome back to the show. Hey, great to be with you, John. Thanks so much for having me. You do such amazing work. And I think there's a moment right now as Congress transitions back, at least the House transitions back to the Republicans on the House side, a lot of excitement about oversight authority. But the Hunter Biden investigation, it really, at the end of the day, should be about Joe Biden. Isn't that right? Yeah, absolutely, John. I mean, you've been on this story uh, really from the beginning as well. And um you know, there's been a lot that's uh, been put out about Hunter Biden, you know, the photographs, the audio tapes, the videotapes, that kind of thing. And I understand people's interest in that. But this is ultimately about Joe Biden. We care about Hunter Biden's ability to get these deals in China precisely because who his father is and the positions and the decisions that his father was making as vice president. And it's a common technique, as, as you know, around the world in the developing world and in the United States to use family members as kind of proxies, as it were, uh, for uh, bribes or, um, you know, for ill-gotten gains. Uh, it provides some, you know, distancing and level of protection. And I think that's what's happened here. I think that Joe Biden's family benefited enormously from these deals. When you look at the deals that Hunter Biden got in China or Ukraine, he provided no discernible, legitimate service. Uh, for those uh, funds. And so you have to ask yourself, what did they get in exchange for those funds? And I think that's what this investigation needs to be focused on. We had James Comer, the incoming House Oversight Committee chairman, on the TV show last week. And he said what they want to do is they want to take the activity reports, the suspicious activity reports that show the suspicious foreign payments coming into the various Hunter Biden accounts and match them to payments that leave Hunter Biden's account and then go out to the benefit of Joe Biden to see how closely aligned the foreign payments are to benefits that Joe Biden got when he was vice president. Now, that seems like to be right over the target, right? Yeah, that, that's exactly right. And I would add to that, looking when deals were secured. I mean, as you and I have both done in our reporting, timing is so key. And if you look at the deals that they got in Ukraine, you look at the deals they got in China, they correspond almost completely with when Joe Biden was given that portfolio as vice president. I mean, in other words, it was a very specific time when Barack Obama said publicly, Joe Biden is responsible for our pivot to Asia and for our policy towards China. And it's really, really literally within a couple of months that Hunter Biden lands his the first big deal he gets in China, which, which is the BHR private equity fund. Same thing in Ukraine. So that, I think, the timing is, is key in all of this, and it demonstrates and proves precisely what is going on. So I, I like this approach. I like the fact that it's laser-focused on these specific instances. I think both China and Ukraine are so key and in importance, um, and I'm glad that they're focusing in this particular way. Yeah, and when you look, I think now there's 177 suspicious activity reports that lawmakers have been told about over, you know, a five, six, seven-year period. There's a high threshold for a bank to file a suspicious activity report. It means that someone in the banking community for a long time saw activity around Hunter Biden and his colleagues that worried the bank regulators, correct? 
That's right. That's right. It's it's uh, called a suspicious activity reports because there's something suspicious about the foreign source of the funds. Uh, that could be anything from believed to be a terrorist organization to being a you know some sort of political entity that raises questions to military links, etc. Uh, and then of course there's the other side of the equation: who's actually receiving the funds? Um, and in this case, Hunter Biden being the son of the vice president and now the son of the president um, would also raise questions when these funds are coming from, let's just say, unusual sources. I mean, in other words, you know, he's not getting uh, he's not getting a check from the Toyota Motor Company in Japan. <laughs> you know, these are these are largely uh, recognized legitimate commercial enterprises. Hunter Biden is getting money from businessmen linked to uh, the Chinese regime, in some cases, people that have ties to uh, Chinese intelligence. That's why they're being flagged. And, you know, John, you and I obviously are not involved in international deals, but people that are involved in legitimate international activities, the fact that they would get one or two or even five of these over the course of a 30-year career would be kind of unusual. The fact that the Biden family has more than 170 of them you know, over the course of, of, of really, you know, what, eight years um, or less uh, is really, really astounding. Yeah, that's it. It's the volume that lets you know that they were playing in a very uncomfortable space, at least from the bank regulator's perspective. Now, let's zero in on China because you did such a great job in the book Red Handed of showing how China facilitates its economic war against America through Americans. Americans are the facilitators, aiders and abettors. I want to walk through some of the transactions that we know Hunter Biden helped the Chinese secure. One of those is Hennage's Automotive. You did such a great job writing about this. It's a Michigan auto parts maker, but it also makes really sensitive windshields for our fighter pilots. And that gets through the Obama-Biden administration. China gets that valuable asset. Compliments of Hunter Biden, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, this is why I've always said related to China, and you've always said with regards to Ukraine, uh, where you really led the charge, is that th this is not just about corruption, about some foreign entity giving the Biden some cash. Uh, there were real tangible things that happened that the Bidens helped facilitate that damage our national security. So these are national security issues. So in the case of Hennages, this, this uh, uh, Michigan company, a Chinese uh, entity called AVIC, which is the Aviation Corporation of China, it's the largest military contractor in China. AVIC's been implicated with stealing uh, plans for American stealth fighters, et cetera. So this is the heartbeat of the Chinese military industrial complex. AVIC buys half of Hennigas. The other half is purchased by the BHR, which is Hunter Biden's private equity firm. So he is sitting on the board of a Chinese government-funded equity firm, and they partner with AVIC, this aviation company, state-owned aviation company, to buy Hennigas, this firm in Michigan. Now, why should we care? We should care precisely because of what you said, which is Hennigas produces what are called dual-use technologies. Um, some of them are anti-vibration technologies that are used by our military to avoid detection underwater and elsewhere. Uh, some of it's related to fighter jets. These are technologies that are listed on export control lists. You can't just send them out anywhere in the world because they're sensitive. Well, these two Chinese military-backed entities 
announced that they're going to buy Hennigas. Hunter Biden is one, you know, on the board of one of the partnering firms here. And this deal, for some bizarre reason, gets approved by the Obama-Biden administration saying, no problem here. We have no reason to stop this sale. It's really an extraordinary example. And there are several others where Hunter Biden's, uh, the investment firm he's on the board that's funded by the Chinese government, is advancing the military strategic interests of the Chinese government. Remarkable, just remarkable things. And then in the race for electric car batteries, electric vehicles, BHR also helps China buy a cobalt mine. I think it's in Congo, if I remember correctly. Another big way of giving China a leg up in the war for electric vehicles, right? That's right. That's right. I mean, if you look at the backdrop of this, I talk about this a little bit in the book. There is, uh, according to the Obama administration, don't take my word for it, the Obama administration saying there is a global battle for control of mineral rights and minerals all around the world between China and the United States. What does Hunter Biden do? His father's vice president, Hunter Biden's firm, BHR, which is, again, funded by the Chinese government, helps facilitate the sale of a cobalt copper mine in Congo to the Chinese themselves who are in this competition with us. So again, you have a circumstance where Hunter Biden's business dealings, not only does it enrich the Bidens, not only does it give the Chinese leverage and or a bridge to the Bidens because they're helping make the money, the Bidens are also actually actively helping our main competitor on the global stage in securing critical resources, in this case, a cobalt mine and a copper mine. Just, it is remarkable. And then the third phase, which is the one I focused on more recently in the the fall this year, you take a look at Hunter Biden's efforts in 2016, while his dad is still vice president and carrying into 2017, they're working on several projects to help the Chinese score natural gas deals in the United States. Look at natural gas, drilling exploration firms, pipelines, while his father now eschews a lot of American energy exploration here, isn't interested in it for Americans. In an earlier era, they were trying to help China gain that. And as part of that, there's that no interest, forgivable loan that Hunter Biden's company gets in the middle of that. Talk a little bit about why China would want natural gas assets in the United States and the effort that it puts China above the United States in. Yeah, no, great question. Uh, We talked about the mineral competition. There's also energy competition. We're seeing that played out right now uh, with some energy supplies. Uh, China is obsessed with maintaining access to foreign energy, and it not only wants to import energy, it actually wants to control energy infrastructure. This is what the Belt and Road Initiative is about, for example. So it comes to the United States. Joe Biden's vice president, Hunter Biden links up with CEFC, this Chinese energy company that's run by a gentleman named Chairman Yi, who, by the way, has a history of ties to Chinese intelligence. It's it's part of his, uh, innately part of his biography. Um, And what does Hunter Biden do? Hunter Biden, again, with no background in energy other than his his deal with Burisma, uh, is involved in a company to help China purchase energy infrastructure assets in the United States including those for liquefied natural gas um, on the American Gulf Coast. And what's interesting about the deal, as you laid out, is in one particular case, CEFC provides a um, forgivable $5 million loan to Hunter Biden. Now, you know, a lot of people look at this and say, okay, what's the loan? What's the big deal? In a way, 
a $5 million loan gives them far more leverage over Hunter Biden than a $5 million gift would. Because think about it, John, any time they want to say, you know, that Hunter Biden's not doing something that they want or his father's doing something they don't like, they can always ask for the money back and they have grounds for it because there's a written agreement. So it provides this immense leverage. Those deals ultimately didn't go through, not because Hunter Biden got cold feet or the Chinese got cold feet. It's because a senior CEFC executive named Patrick Ho was charged, was, yeah, he was arrested and charged with um, bribery and there were allegations also he was engaging in espionage involving the United States, uh, United Nations, uh, and Patrick Ho ended up going to jail. That's the only reason the Bidens did not go into business uh, with this Chinese energy infrastructure company. Just amazing to see the conglomerate. At the end of the day, there are many different things that the Republicans are talking about. There's the whole censorship thing involving Twitter and Facebook that we now have greater visibility to as a result of Elon Musk and these depositions that the attorney generals in Missouri and in Louisiana have been able to secure. But when you look at the questions that really need to be answered so we can make a better judgment about Joe Biden, we're is the drilling? Where should the drilling of investigators really focus on? Well, great question. I mean, uh, Kevin McCarthy, who's going to uh, apparently be the Speaker of the House uh, when we convene in January, uh, has said he wants to subpoena a lot of people. He wants to subpoena these 51 intelligence officials about the Hunter Biden laptop and their, their uh, obvious lie that it was Russian disinformation. I think those are all enormously important stories. My concern always, John, is You've got to focus on what is the biggest part of the story. And to, to have the American people sort of pay attention, to see what's going on, to understand the complexities, you cannot cloud it with peripheral stuff. You need to focus on the main issue. And the main issue, as I've said from the beginning, I think you've said from the beginning, is the Biden family was taking in tens of millions of dollars from foreign entities uh, while Joe Biden was vice president and then later uh, you know, a private citizen, but most of it when he was vice president of the United States. Um, and it came largely from our chief rival on the global, global stage, which is China. Imagine during the Cold War, if Ronald Reagan's family or Jimmy Carter's family had been taking in tens of millions of dollars from Russian businessmen linked to the KGB. I mean, there'd be alarm bells going off. Um, that is, that's precisely, John, what has happened here. So in my mind, the central questions that we need to focus on is how much money did the Bidens get? How did Joe Biden directly or indirectly benefit from those funds? And how did it influence decision making? We know that the Bidens have repeatedly lied and changed their stories about those relationships, about what Joe Biden knew. The only window of opportunity we have to get answers to these very, very important questions is with Congress with subpoena power. And I just hope that they focus on those issues and don't get distracted by these other issues that are important, but in my mind are not as important as this central one. Yeah, that is such good advice. The other thing that's going to happen now is there's going to be a counteroffensive. There are these stories in the Washington Post elsewhere that the lawyers around Hunter Biden are going to prepare an effort to, you know, go after anyone who is a witness, attack their credibility. 
So being precise, being accurate, not getting distracted is going to become all the more important because there's going to be much more aggressive pushback on some of these stories as this gets closer and closer. Peter, last question I want to ask you. There seems to me, just from the body of evidence that you put in there with your great books that the laptop provided us, there does seem to be enough evidence of some criminality already, certainly in the failure to pay taxes, at least. That's pretty clear in the laptop that that went on for a long period of time. Do you expect that the criminal case will ultimately become public and we'll see what happened there? I do think we're going to see uh, an indictment. Um, I think what's going on, I, I, you know, this is speculation and with some information that people have told me, is that the prosecutors were looking for a deal with Hunter Biden, that, that they wanted him to plead guilty on a couple of felony charges. And uh, he has arrogantly refused. Uh, and I think he's going to take his chances with a jury in Delaware. But I do think we're going to see them public. I do think also with these congressional hearings, we need to look at criminal conduct in, involving Joe Biden. Um, you know, because let's be clear, the emails indicate that Hunter Biden was into the quantity of tens of thousands of dollars, was subsidizing Joe Biden's lifestyle while, while he was vice president of the United States. It's in there in black and white, whether it's home repairs, paying monthly bills. To be clear, that is patently illegal. As an elected officials, you cannot receive subsidies from family members. You are entitled to receive occasional gifts for birthdays and for Christmas. You are not allowed to receive regular financial support. That is a clear violation of the law. Um, so that needs to be looked at. But even more importantly, the decision-making process and, and the fact that the Biden family may be compromised uh, I think is where we need to go next as far as uh, legal proceedings are concerned. Very smart questions. That's why we always turn to you, Peter. You've done such great work on not only the Hunter Biden thing, but the larger corruption scandals and mentality in Washington, the lack of ethics in Washington. Always an honor to have you on the show. Your books are amazing. Where can people get your latest book, Red Handed? Uh, you can get it on Amazon.com or bookstores everywhere. And uh, we have a podcast of our own called The Drill Down. And you can find that at thedrilldown.com. I listen to it often. It's on my uh, it's on my Apple list. It's a fantastic podcast. So, Peter, great to have you on, my friend. Uh, important update. I wish you a very Merry Christmas because I know the holidays are going to come up on us real quickly. Thank you. Thanks to you, brother. And I appreciate it. Merry Christmas to you as well. You as well. All right, folks, we'll take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. 
All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. So grateful you could attend. A big thank you to Abe Hominay for giving us an in-person update on his very important litigation that he's working on. In addition, Peter Schweitzer, a lot of good words of caution for Republicans not to get stretched too thin, to keep the eye on the real issue that Americans have, which is, did Joe Biden benefit? Did he get enriched from these China, Ukraine, Russia deals? Was the money gifts as opposed to services earned? Were people buying access to the vice president and the president? Those are the questions that we need to focus on. Strong words of caution from Peter Schweitzer as Republicans begin to take over all of the investigative committees in the House starting in January. We've had James Comer on. We've had Jim Jordan on. Peter Schweitzer, his original book, kicked this one off and got us thinking about Hunter Biden back in 17 and 18. Of course, his new book, Red Handed, talks about not only the Biden family's efforts to get rich on China, but many other American families as well. Profiles in Corruption, another great book that you should read from his. All right, that wraps it up, folks. If you need a news fix, go to justthenews.com. We've got you covered 24-7. If not, tune in tomorrow. We'll have a whole new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, You can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now.